0: Got then. Got ya. Gotcha. Who's this? Who's this? Come on, mate. What's uh, bro? What's going on? You out for a walk out Yeah. Beautiful day here in Melbourne. Um, got the dog out for a midday walk. That's the first
1: schedule. Do the rounds. Yep. Pick up some poop like an inferior human and um, just feel the fresh air, COVID-free fresh
0: air. Hey, this is what it's Coming. about. You're not going to get, uh, it's like trying to nail people down for half an hour is the, the hardest thing to do, right? And when you think about well, it, I half mean, an hour. Well, right
1: now it? you should have fucking, you should have plenty of half an hour in the day, I would assume, but. Yeah, and the reality of that is that small children born of your own seed, half an hour is a hard thing to find. So, yeah. my dog walk is my tranquil time, a little bit of my cathartic experience of life, to get away from the madness of my little tiny little box house, 18 month old hurricane. Um, yeah, that's what I do. Sort of What's going on? How are you, man?
0: I'm good, mate. I'm good. I'm all about finding the half an hour that just presents itself, you know, like, because that's the reality of having two kids or one kid or even no kids. It's like, unless you prioritize things and you find a little moment to do things like this at least. I know this is not like an ordinary thing, but if it's like a priority, it's finding that half an hour and so you kind of going, I'm ready, let's go. And I'm like, I'm not ready. i got to set everything up. And you just kind of make it happen. So it's your yeah. man. You know what's
1: funny about this this whole experience that you're talking about this podcast experience that you're on it's, like, man, it's really weird because I think that based on the ones that I've listened to with the other boys um, all it is is a, is a conversation with you, a phone call but for some reason there's this like like of pressure that everyone feels because they feel like they have to come across as some type of like presentation textbook, you keynote philosophical Um, guru, but it's just a, it's just a, it's so weird that like, for some reason, a normal phone call feels so different.
0: Yeah. And I think that's why when you understand like the psychology, it's like,
1: oh, other people are going to listen.
0: Yes. It's not like it's going to a global audience. It's just the boys, right? But even on this like little micro scale. Is that what it is though? Yeah. I'm not like, I told you there's no ambition behind this. There is no. Yeah, but I wanna know
1: like if anyone's just randomly picked it up because the internet is that kind of rabbit hole that people can somehow just like slide into you, your little like URL link and then end up being in some fucking Indian dude foot or some guy in, in China's had a little list. And have you ever looked at analytics and found some random like person from Russia who's had a quick- Little gander at the body?
0: The <laughs> no, but I'm going to now, and I'm going to even send you the link and login details so you can have a little snoop too, because I think I like where your thinking's going. Who knows? I'm
1: not joking. You'd be so pleasantly surprised, I reckon. Like, I remember when I was, was, so long ago, but like when I was first trying to kickstart like, Get Lag magazine, so, so long ago. It was like four years ago. But, um,. <clears throat> I remember like looking into the Google Analytics of that, which was a website that meant nothing to anyone except for our little circle of friends, thinking exactly that, that it was this tight little crew, that I only looking at it, but there was just random, again, I don't know if this was like bot lives, just getting in and digging in, but there was just random people from all over the world who just tapping into it for some weird, strange reason, so maybe we'll have a look.
0: Yeah, I'm going to have a look. Hey, I'm going to have to whack a pause on this because reality says that Naya needs to do a piss in the toilet and I need to take her and Mel's not home. So, this is a reality. No, I'll I'll just pause the recording, but this is a reality picture too, right? Of finding half an hour and you think you have half an hour, but you don't actually have half an hour and life kicks in. So, I'm just going to put a pause on the recording and then we'll get going. Panic attack from Naya, not knowing where I am. Yeah. Yeah, but going back on to that, it's. Yeah. I don't know. Well, you never know, right? You never know until you start doing something. And, but just coming back to what you were saying about kind of, it really, it's like inhibitions, hey, and just like letting go in a conversation. That's all it is. It's no different to having a normal conversation as we would ha- have back home growing up or just hanging out back on the coast. But for some reason, and I understand the psychology behind it, for some reason, it's like, oh, I can't really go there or I don't really want to go there or I'm just finding myself. Like I'm catching myself as I'm thinking before I start talking. And I guess that's where you see the psychology behind podcasts, where people go for like an hour, hour and a half, two hours, because then you break down those layers, you pull those layers apart, and it becomes a little bit freer. So when you have a podcast for like 20 uh, 20 minutes or 30 minutes, it's like, okay, unless you've done that background pre-context work, then can you really get into it?
1: Yeah, I dig those ones. I dig the long ones, to be honest. Yeah, That's I dig scary. the long ones, too. I, I tuck into a lot of long ones. But I think, I think like, you know, the reality is it's just a phone call with you and me, but for some reason, yeah, like, the the mentality that someone else is potentially going to listen to our conversation, which is fucking real anyway, because the damn FBI and the government listen to this phone call anyway, so fucking come at us. So, yeah, yeah, I just, got just got a few like, notifications from Russia. yeah.
0: Just asking what's yeah, going exactly. on. How's toast? Did you pick up the big hot turd back yeah. there? Yeah,
1: there's, there's, there's big brothers listening to every phone call. So what's the difference?
0: What's the difference, mate? Open. The more open you are, the better. Point number one.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, How's but, that? Five minutes in, conspiracy.
0: Yeah. I feel like you've been like hanging on to Bosco too much there. That stuff's <laughs> wild.
1: <laughs> I, t- man, to be completely... Real. I I kinda like some of the conspiracy stuff. I don't I don't shy away from it. I dig into it. I for some reason I'm drawn to that stuff. I think it's bullshit and I laugh at it and I think it's complete and utter fucking fake crap. But I actually like some of the thought processes that go into these fucking maniacs that come up with these things. They're so funny. Yeah. They're so funny. And the and this whole thing that's happening at the moment has just spawned this like like talk viral it's, it's like made the conspiracy theorist even more viral
0: than ever totally and i think what it really shows is you might you know a lot of people use the word crazy or delusional but it's really super creative if you if you could even dream up these connections i don't know if they're real or not but if you could even dream up a narrative behind the connections that this guy is trying to make or is making it's like wow your brain actually works in a super different way
1: Oh, it's incredible, and there's a large group of people. It's not just like there's this. They're, they're quite like a unique little pot of people. There is so many conspiracy theorists out there, and the, and some of the stuff they come up with is so amazing and so funny. Um And all this stuff right now about Bill Gates and you know the bio lab in in Wuhan and um,
0: all these other amazing
1: conspiracy theorists that are going around talking about these incredible theories. I love it. I, I love it, man. And, I mean, it doesn't just – if you think about, like, the creative aspect of it, like you're saying, it doesn't just exist in, in like, reality of of crises in the world or government or things. There's, like, people come up with different narratives for, like, TV shows. And they go, well, what about this? And they talk about, like, what if X is actually X so-and-so? And they go on this amazing, different, like, creative storyline. You read and go, this is amazing. <laughs> I remember watching, like – lost back in the day which was the biggest like endless show that actually never had anything and i feel like the, the writers of lost just got to a point where they were like we actually don't know what to do anymore so we're just going to keep coming up with crazy shit um, but people like the actual fan base came up with the best storylines and that's what I love. That's amazing. It's
0: like those books you used to get in the library Um, Choose your own adventure books. We used to go to like read to page twelve, and then you could choose to go to page forty six if you wanted to go like down the rabbit hole, or page fifty seven if you wanted to take the road. It's like those narratives that are just kind of made up on the spot, and all of a sudden they kind of make sense, or they're just super interesting. I'm
1: so about it. Well, it sounds like you're kind of yeah. The most is is the like um, the simulation. Um, conspiracy or a theory that we are like living in some type of simulated world that's actually not real, and it's either there's like two parts to that, and one is um, I think that either my world is simulated, so what I'm coming up with, like the fact that you're currently talking to me on the phone, is actually my world that I've that I've built. So you don't actually exist, the phone doesn't exist, the dog doesn't exist that I'm walking but I'm just building all of this in my world. And the other idea of this simulated sort of world theory is that we're all part of some type of growing one-life simulation that was started by whoever. could be some type of um, other life or it could be future life, and we're all just part of a, a, a like sort of a growing simulation that exists. And there's a really awesome... Um, sort of a little bit of talk on that in a podcast that Joe Rogan does with a guy named Lex Friedman. I think his name is. I might be wrong with that guy's name, but he's like an AI guy and he does a lot of stuff on automotive AI, like self driving cars and stuff. And he talks about this thing called, um, I'm probably gonna get the facts wrong, but I think it's called, um, it's like a, it's a, you can look it up on YouTube, it's like a simulation thing. And he talks about how the most like rudimentary and basic simulation can grow the most complex world. I think it's called, I'll text you what it's called, but it's like this really simple thing where if there's a, like an atom sitting next to an atom, if they touch, they grow. If one is dead next to another one, then if, if it touches the other one, it dies. And, Out of it comes this, like you watch these YouTube simulations that people just click go on. And out of it just comes these crazy complex universes. And his theory, or the theory of that, is that that could be this that we're living in.
0: Got you. I'm following.
1: Yeah. You don't really want to get caught in that little mind frame, though, because that is a, a deadly rabbit hole.
0: So do you think, as you're talking, I'm kind of thinking... Because where I go to in my thinking of all of that stuff is more of like a spiritual side of things. Do you think there's any comparisons with that kind of frame of thinking that you're thinking to a more, I don't know, ancient spiritual way of looking at the world and reality?
1: Potentially, I mean, potentially in a just in a like a, a chemical way again, if like. You know, you talk to Sammy or whoever about DMT experiences or sort of um, really out of mind drug experiences. I mean, when I say drug experiences, I mean in a positive way, but like the idea of like afterlives and things. I don't want to get too deep on the shit because it's going pretty, pretty, pretty weird. But I think that um, maybe, maybe it's like you might be living in, yeah, in a consciousness. It might not actually be a reality.
0: Yeah, I get that. I mean, I'm happy to go deep on it. I have a lot of f- philosophical, spiritual, <laughs> moral beliefs on all of that. And so I'm, when as you're talking, I'm just kind of making connections to stuff that I know about, you know, spiritual work or inner work or consciousness and reality. And I can kind of see parallels as to how the future, like when you're talking about AI and what that will bring and the mind's creating um, an unknown future, because really, despite what people think they know and what they think the trajectory is, we don't know. And the current situation tells us that we do not know. We cannot foresee things like this. We can imagine them, and history tells us that they come periodically, but we don't know when it's going to come. Um, and then, when you talk about AI of individuals modeling, if you like, having future projections as to what reality can be and and the trajectory of that. I kind of just relate it back to this universal, I don't know, age-old spiritual picture of, you know, you have consciousness, you have a personal identity, you have uh, a spiritual identity, you don't know what the afterlife is like, you don't know where you've come from before, and there's many, many historical, religious, spiritual, uh, non-spiritual beliefs on all of that stuff, but the fact is no one knows. So I kind of see it as individuals with a certain mindset with a certain perspective, with a certain reality on life, like what you touched on before about, you know, is my reality actually reality? And is this actually me talking to you right now? Like when you go down that deep of questioning, it's like people are just trying to make sense of their reality based upon what their skill set is, what their mindset is, what their biographies are, and what their future believes of what a future picture of, of humankind can be. So that's, that's as deep in a nutshell as I go... I mean- but I see the I see the I see the parallel paths as to what you're saying with the, all this like conspiracy stuff stuff, and then relating it straight back to like a, a spiritual, um, you know, I, I guess you could say like an Eastern mindset of, of ancient ways of being and ancient teachings.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I think the thing that, that that whole simulated life thing is definitely what I've listened and heard, which is fucking so minor. I don't know hardly anything about it. I, if anything, I'm complete novice when it comes to any information on it so please don't take my word as any type of authority but um it's very data driven like it's all you know elon musk has talked about it he's he's spoken about the the potential of the fact that we could be living in a, a simulated world and all that stuff so it's pretty interesting i mean I, again it doesn't change anything what does it change nothing really totally
0: but it brings your first person perspective to like a third-person perspective. So you're you're actually like taking a different, really, in that thinking, and I know we're getting deep here, but I'm happy to do it. In that thinking, you're taking your first-person consciousness, your reality, and you're taking it to a collective consciousness that has a different view on on your identity as to who you are walking uh, down the street in Melbourne with your red beanie on, with toast by your side, And going okay you're there I'm here communicating through this it just takes this bigger perspective as questioning and again I think it's just coming down to a question of what is our reality what is our personal reality in relation to our collective reality because that's the only reference point we have the only reference point I have right now is you and the conversation we're having and looking outside of the pool this is only my reference point so unless I take it to a collective perspective then I have a different understanding of where I sit in this what we call reality. And this is where I'm really interested And in. had so many conversations recently about what is it that you're – what is your rea- reality because your reality is actually something unique to you. And then you can categorize things and you can yeah, say you're living in man- – you're in Melbourne and you're this age and you have a kid and you have a dog and you have a certain career and you have a certain path – Nobody else has that. Like we can kid ourselves and go, ah, oh, this is just what it is. what it is, And we can kind of lower our um, inspirations and aspirations on ourselves. But even in this conversation, it's like, man, this is actually you and this is how you think. And we can kind of question and go, all oh, those conspiracies and we're going down the rabbit hole. I'm getting real f- philosophical. But dude, that's like unique to you. That's unique to me. And that's something which is like, you cannot comprehend with uh, with any other set of eyes or, or set of ears or understanding. It's like when you start speaking from a place of truth of your understanding of yourself, that's the true reality because there is no other reference point. You're just comparing yourself to someone else.
1: Wow, right, man. You should do these. Um, you should do these. I've
0: lost you. You've just disappeared into the nothingness of existence. And I'm just going to speak through this because you might come back on. So you went that far down the rabbit hole. And you've muted the call. But you've gone that far down the rabbit hole into the conspiracy. Bosco inspired.
1: Yo, I'm, in, okay, I'm oh, back, I'm back, I'm
0: back. You got yourself back. See, that's the trick. You can go down the rabbit hole. You can go down the conspiracy, but if you have a con- uh, an understanding of yourself and where you are in your reality, you can bring yourself back. So you've just proven.
1: Can you imagine doing these, 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 or even just having these conversations? Like just a little bit stone would be so intense.
0: Well, I don't think it'd be as fast paced.
1: Or like on some type of like um, mushrooms or something. It'd be so. So deep, man.
0: It'd be interesting to have the same, like the same kind of context questions, and on different mediums, right? That would be that would be an interesting experiment. Yeah,
1: it's like I think I feel like this podcast is like shower thoughts. It's all very show- like this, at least particularly this one is um is like the, is totally the things you think about just when you've got lots of time to think and you haven't got an iPhone to distract you.
0: Yes, and then. Our, our belief system says to ourselves, oh, but this person does this and that person does this and podcast should be like this and conversation should be structured like this. So what's the only variable in that? It's the individual. So I can't make people talk. I can't, I can't drive a certain agenda. It's like whatever comes from you is the most important thing and the most interesting thing. We can kind of frame it and we can kind of curate it, but we all know what that's like when you come into a place which has already been... Kind of designed and set up, and it doesn't really feel cool or right or comfortable. So, you know, I dig it. I'm into it. Yeah, me too.
1: Good stuff. But okay. so what else is happening, man?
0: Well, there's a lot happening, and I could speak a lot about myself. But um, I'm really what I'm really interested in. Okay, maybe some context. So, this time, because I mean i'm I'm really interested in hearing people's perspectives, especially people I've grown up with, about this time specifically to them about you know coronavirus and about the influences and impacts it's had on on you as an individual and i i don't I don't mean the generic stuff right like we all understand the generic stuff of time time has kind of stopped and and work is kind of kind of gone backwards or work is stable and we can have these generic conversations about it. But really what I'm interested in is how, you know, pre-coronavirus, how was your work life aligned to your ideals and what, you know, your true self and happiness and what is mid-coronavirus like in terms of work now, because this is also our reference point in life. We have to have stability and security because we're human beings and we have family and we have things to pay. So what is it like now and how has that changed? And also looking into the future as to, you say, when you're having this time to just kind of chill and have a bit more time to go over these shower thoughts, it's like all these realizations or inspirations or aspirations or things that you you, you know that you don't want to do start to become very clear because you have the space to actually your mind has, can go there and your thinking can go there. So I'm just really interested in like the flow of that from past into the present and, and what you see in the future, specifically for yourself.
1: Mm, that's a good question. Oh, it's been, a, it's been an interesting time, man, I think for everybody um, around the world. And I think that um, for me personally, it's been, a, it's been a good time, I think. I don't think – I think a lot of people – there's some bad shit that's happening. Oh, 100%. This thing has brought on some terrible, horrific, um, really, like, life-destroying issues. But I think it's also brought on some really positive, um, enlightening things as well for people. I, I think, um, you know, I, 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 life became pretty repetitious, not, not only for me. I think for a lot of people – Um, and um, I mean that in a way where like it just was very routine based so maybe a little reset in the middle here has been good just to sort of shake up the system a little uh, sort of circuit breaker in your life just sort of second guess some things do you really love what you do do you really love where you do it Um, all those kind of things Um, I think that's been a good thing man I actually think that's been a good thing I think that um, I read something the other day that was just like All it said was um, together apart. And I think that's a really good two-liner or two-word sentence that kind of summarises this. I think the real good thing that's come from the fact that we've all been forced to bunker down and stay indoors is that it's brought so many people closer, Um, including this conversation. I don't know if the the whole crisis was the catalyst to start this thing, but I think it has... um, has definitely promoted people to jump on FaceTime, and 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 before that, everyone was just busy. Like it's almost like people were busy being busy and enjoyed being busy, and it was like so busy that you know the one thing that the your, your iPhone is made for, which is to make calls and take calls, was the last thing that you wanted to use it. Um, and nice. that was a, yeah. that's not cool. And now, like it's actually actually sort of inspired people to, to do amazing things like just pick their phone and FaceTime more. And I've I found that, that as a real positive. on the flip side of that, it's caused some pretty, I think, pretty terrible sort of racial profiling, like localism has mm-hmm. worked. Well. Yep. Um, it's, it's allowed people to use a global pandemic to pretty much um, – as a scapegoat to be sort of semi-racist, which yeah. um, I've sort of spoken to a few of the dudes about. About back at home, people could talk about localism at your beach and all that kind of stuff. It's mm. just so dumb and doesn't make any sense. But yeah, I mean that's the probably the negative part of it. But mm. the good part, I think the good part outweighs the negative part. And in terms of just sort of life, like I say, I think it's been kind of it's been a nice little sort of reset for everyone, just to go. I'm actually at home with my family. Um, Like, what are you really missing out on apart from physical interaction with people and and going to the pub? Like, it's it's actually forcing everyone to stay indoors, which is amazing, and hang out with their their kids and their loved ones. And Actually, that's been amazing. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I agree with everything you say. It's something really interesting that you said about the phone and how the one thing that... (laughs) <laughs> it was designed for from, from the beginning of, of, of that medium was to communicate, right? Yeah, we went so far yeah. from actually communicating that we went just into the, the intake of information from a purely like egocentric view of just getting, of just feeding then. ourselves. And then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, okay, I'm going back to the actual... Call or the reason why I have this device, and for sure, I mean this conversation and the inspiration or idea about getting that Zoom call together was again for sure. That's what it was. I was like, just get a conversation happening, get people together, because guess what? Yeah, I you're think, not. Look, you're also. You go. You go, go.
1: I think that like that idea of we be kind of like being busy was was a real like badge of honor, and that. Like, if you're busy, if you're busy, then you were, like, you were doing well or you were winning. And then what that sort of spawned into was that you had a real ownership of your own time. So, like, my time was so important because I, I'm i usually busy. So, when I do have time and someone's trying to make a phone call with me, like, I don't have time to take that phone call, yeah. which is so fucking dumb. Yeah. And now we've got more time than ever. Yes. which is amazing, which means we're actually taking phone calls and we're talking to people and we're having conversations and we're listening out with friends and we're talking to people that we haven't talked to in ages and we're doing it over FaceTime. so time. And I hope that, you know, I just think that if you come out of this thing, if the world comes out of this thing or as an individual you come out of this thing the same as you were, then that's a huge failure. Yeah. And I don't even mean that from a a philosophical standpoint. I don't mean that from fucking you coming out of it, looking the same, feeling the same, and I think you've failed. your fucking head, eyebrows purple, get fat, get skinny, whatever it is. Like, use the time to do something.
0: Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I don't know, this word fail kind of, I just think about this word fail, and I, I get what you're saying, but I also think that reality of human beings tells us There are people who are just waiting for this to pass so that their version of reality, this is coming back to what we initially talked about, alter realities or artificial intelligence or spiritual consciousness, whatever you want to put the term to, there are people who are absolutely hell-bent on keeping things the same way they were. And we hear this Yeah, Koa's hungry at the moment. I'm just going to stop. Koa's hungry. Koa, please get some food from the kitchen. You have hands, you have legs, you can help yourself. Okay, so there he goes. But you have individuals that are hell bent on keeping things the way they were. And we see this in the corporate world. We see this in the business world. We see this from micromanaging. We see this from a parental view, we see this from a personal view, we see this from our children who are the real teachers in this age of uncertainty because we're asking them to live into a new reality every single day. And this is where the vision of education comes in as to changing people's mindsets because you know what? We have this false belief that we are going to live forever. And we've yeah, we've, we've been... You
1: mean humans or do you mean like personally
0: well and i know this is a sensitive topic and i take it as a sensitive topic but death is something that we don't generally talk about in our society whereas places like here in bali it's like you know what the kids are involved in the funerals the kids see the bodies and the kids wash the bodies and the kids are involved in the very 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 end until the very end process and nothing is hidden it's not a taboo subject So there's this conscious, collective consciousness here where it's like, okay, there is an ending and there is something else after. Mm. So I think we get into this, I'm just trying to make myself clear, but my point is that there are people who do not admit to themselves that there will be change. They don't like disruption. They like safety. They like security. They like stability. I'm going to put the blinkers on. I'm going to keep on walking. Everything else is going to be fine. And when a disruption comes like this, the significance of what you're saying about if people don't change, then yes, they're going to suffer. And this is what we call mental illness and and all of these things. And again, I don't say it lightly, but this is also an individual's inability to really adapt and shift and change their mindsets on what reality is putting in front of us.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I, I definitely... I agree that there's probably a probably larger portion of people that just want to hurry up and get back to what it was like before <laughs> and make sure the stock market's running like it was or the factory lines are pumping out the product like they were or whatever it might be. But I I, I don't know, man. I just think that for me it's like when's the next time we're gonna to be told to stay at home with our families and and enjoy not they're not saying to enjoy but in our own way, enjoy time together. I don't know. Maybe never. Maybe never. Maybe again. I don't know. But I think you should, we should all cherish a little bit
0: of home time. Totally. Absolutely. It's bringing us right back to the core, and it's going. It's the same first principle of what we initially talked about, and that was. Um, you know, the hesitancy to open up in a conversation despite knowing who it is you're talking to. And, you know, again, it's no judgments. It's just an observation, right? So it's kind of saying, you know what? This is getting right down to the core of what it is for you in your realities, personally speaking. Like, if you're at home with yourself or with your partner or with your kids, like, this is actually your life. And this is these are actually your most important relationships and if relationships aren't good in that space how can you expect your relationships to be good in a work environment or in a social environment but actually you know what go back a bit further and if your relationship with yourself and your identity and your aspirations your beliefs and how you apply those things in the greater world is not aligned or if you're asking yourself something then you'll have a sense of it right you'll go through and you'll you know you kind of think that oh yeah I can do this and do that and you're kind of feeling inspired by the creative work that you might do or well you actually have an understanding of the things you don't want to do and then you think reality kicks in and you have to have stability and security and all of this kind of picture goes on and on. but then something like coronavirus happens and all of that reality or the materialism or the physical reality of it gets taken away and you're just left with you and your family. And it's like, do you really? I
1: think it's um, human nature always think that the grass is always greener, though, and to want what you don't have. And, like, ironically, one thing that we are, like, chasing always is just for things to sort of, to for things to end so we can go home. Like, if you're at work, five o'clock, hurry up so we can go home. You're at school and you're at Grom, like, and the school hurry up so we can go home like kind of like the other things that you crave because you're not there and then again ironically this is what we're actually doing right now and everyone's kind of craving the opposite which is like I want to get back to work or I want to go back to the office or I want to go just do something that was you know possible before that not possible now and I think it's just It's just
0: human nature to want what you can't have. Yeah, it's totally a mindset. Like, for me, it's really clear. And I don't say that from an ego point of view, but it's really clear. Like, over here at the moment, Bali, tourism capital, one of the tourism capitals of the world, 70% of employment is under hospitality in the tourism industry. Um, And you have people who were complaining about traffic, who were complaining about the level of development and infrastructure. And all of a sudden, all of that is taken away. And now there are no tourists. Every hotel, every cafe, every restaurant, every warong is just about closed Bar local life. And all of a sudden you have a whole population which is absolutely annihilated almost. To the, to the point of reality which we don't actually understand what it's like. Because their reality is, you know what, I'm actually going to gonna, gonna have to grow and wait, wait for my food to grow before I actually eat. Or I have to go and ask other people for food. And that's a reality that, you know, Mm. people like you and I will never know, perhaps. And then you get... So what's going on over there? You can almost fast forward. I just want to finish this. You can almost fast forward. And all of a sudden, the whole world is in lockdown. Everybody's itching to get outside. So you can guarantee there will be a point. I don't know when. Like what Haydo didn't want to say, four months or whatever. I don't want to put a number to it. I get why he said that. But for sure, there will be a time where they all come back. And it's going to be mental everyone's going to be like so, so keen. And then guess what's going to happen? Everybody's going to go, oh, my God, the traffic's bad. And I no, 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 no. So it's like, again, bring it back to yourself and your belief systems and your mindset. What do you actually want? Do you want the tourism or not? Because you can't live without it. Do you want the development or not? Because you, you, you're, you've actually built a system that relies on that for your very existence. So then you have to bring it back to yourself Belief in your own mindset, and say, "Okay, what can I do to make myself my, make my reality more sustainable in myself?"
1: So this- mm, I think I, uh, I I read this thing once that was um, that uh, a negative person will always find the problem in an answer, and I think, um, I think that's what you're saying. Like, yes, but it's, but it's like, no you need what, what yes we yes. Live in,
0: but you want those negative people to question things because they're really good at questioning things. But do those negative people really feel like they're valued because they question things? Or do they, or are they perceived to be just negative people? That person's difficult, let's get them out of the way. Because positive people will not, you know, positive or optimistic people generally won't question things if it's on a decent trajectory. But these negative, negatively perceived people will come in and question things because they see their reality is totally different, opposite to yours. So once you see they have value in the process of whatever it is, whatever it is you're doing and you can actually learn from their mindset, it's like, wow, now we can actually do something. So you said this two-word sentence of together apart. I have like two sentences with yeah. a couple of more words and it's alone is sufficient, together is abundance. So yeah, you can do it by yourself, and you can make things happen. But once you come with a diverse group of people, and I also have like a bigger picture about what this diversity looks like in the natural world, and that's a big thing that we can also learn from. But if you have a diverse group of people that are aligned on a similar vision, and you have a diverse group of uh, people with different mindsets, mindsets and different realities that really value each other for who they are, not because... They're perceived as negative or overly positive or overly optimistic. And that's annoying when you have an overly positive person. It's just like, come on, get to reality. Everything cannot be positive. That's where the difference between positive and optimistic comes in because you're not saying, oh, it's all going to be good. Coronavirus is going to go and we're going to like change the world. Optimistic is looking at the challenges we have and finding solutions through the diverse group of people. Bring it on. Anyway, this is what happens. My brain gets a bit hot and I start talking too much. (laughs) But I'm really passionate about it, Ed, seriously, because I'm experiencing something like wild. Like you asked me earlier on the conversation, like what's going on with you, which is why I kind of held off because it's more about you. But man, there's some crazy things happening over here. So what I've just gone through, I'm going to go through the process really quickly. I don't really want to unpack it now because I know, well, I'll just see what happens. So I came to a point in time where the Green School, this is like the, the icon of the world in terms of progressive education, right? Um, I was working, so I've been working there for the past 14 months, been working on their board with all their board of management and their trustees and putting all, you know, one to two-year to five-year to ten-year plans together, looking at financial things, looking at staffing, looking at different opportunities and whatever else you do on a board of... Because the Green School is also going to an international organization. There's one opening in New Zealand, uh, another open opening in South Africa and Mexico, looking to go to the Maldives and all this global plan. So there's a big 10-year plan. And then getting to a point of realizing that there are certain individuals within the leadership who are not working based upon the collective values of the place. So basically, they say one thing and they do, they don't do what they say. So there's this clear, clear disconnection between their actions and their words. Um, and that filters down through the whole organization. So I went through a process of applying for the principle of primary role. And I went through the whole process, all interviewed the community members over a couple of weeks. Basically got the nod and then coronavirus comes. Actually, it came a bit before that, but they were super late in terms of a business management perspective to, to manage that. And anyway, a bunch of teachers got fired, right? Like we got we got a a video on a Saturday morning, like a video, man, on a Saturday morning uh, of a faculty of 150 teachers, international and local, saying, with the three leadership teams saying, okay, so coronavirus is here, Uh, we we need to make some serious cuts. There's going to be phone calls today about who stays and who doesn't, and you're like. Are you kidding me? The world is getting turned upside down already. And guess what you've just done? You've just compounded it by at least infinity because people are like absolutely (laughs) crapping themselves right now. And so the phone calls happened that day and a bunch of people got called and said, okay, contracts aren't being renewed. Actually, we want you to go home now. We're going to give you a flight. Don't come back after the holidays. And some of you can stay until June, but you can also leave in April and we'll pay you till then. You make a call. Um, And then they rang me and said, oh, Pete, we want to give you a two-year contract, and we also want to talk to you about the head of primary role because we can see you fulfilling that. And I went, no, you need to wait. Give me 24 hours. You guys have just like dropped a bomb on everyone, um, and I'm not going to say yes now. So 24 hours later, I rang back, and it was very clear what I wanted to do, and my integrity and my ideals um, wouldn't allow me to stay there and particularly work in a head role with those management people. So I said to them, "I'm not coming back. Thank you for your two-year contract. Thank you for the security. I will not be taking the position. I'll be resigning from Green School come June, July, and I will also be resigning from the board immediately. And I said these are the five reasons why. And basically, it all alluded to the toxic culture that um, these people had because of their biased views and biased mindsets. So that's what's happened. And In that process as well, I came across a, I've been working closely with another educator from South Africa, super, super inspirational, creative person, who has another connection from South Africa, who's a businessman, big businessman, multiple software businesses and communications businesses, who want to put a school together. And they asked if I'm interested, and I said, hell yeah, it sounds super interesting, let's go. Um, And now that's what we're doing. So... I know I'm talking a lot, but I just want to unpack that to make, for it to make sense. So basically, it came to this point of what you're saying, this realization that no one else can make a decision for you, that I have to make a decision, whether you are a father, whether you are um, a partner, doesn't matter where you are in your life, it comes down to you and your, your belief system, your mindset, and what you perceive opportunity and fear and how you really view fear, right? So in me saying no, I said no to two years of guaranteed work of a housing allowance which will cover every single year of visas, of repatriation flights every year, of uh, free schooling for my children and you know, future possibilities of international expansion as well. So I said no. But only in saying no... And stepping into the unknown, into that super, super uncomfortable place of fear and uncertainty because I was looking at, okay, June, I'm going to have no money and nothing coming in. I've got to find a job. Only in saying no does an opportunity, a connection come along. And this is what's happened. So fast forward until now, and this has been a process of no more than four weeks, no more than a month. Um, We are starting a school. We have 20 families. Who are coming in at ten thousand US dollars a um, a student, and I just want to put a number there to give it some context. And you have we have acquired land for a five-year contract. We have connections coming across from other schools. Um, we have we're in the process of hiring local teachers, not because they're local, because we also want to shift the mindset of what local teachers are. Because these people are phenomenal individuals, human beings, doesn't matter where they're from. Um, and this is what we're doing. So, come August, coronavirus depending, we're going to start. And we're starting with 20 families, 20 kids at the moment. And we're creating an agile learning center here in Bali.
1: Man, so guys, man, huge, I think um pretty ambitious to do that in the in the middle of a crisis time but very uh noble to be my friend to make well, that call. How do you how do you make a call like that? It's one thing that I have found in the last couple of years after, like since having family and caring um more about, you know, their the opportunity for them rather than the opportunity for me. Yes. How do you make a call like that? Yes. When I know, I know, I think I know your answer, but going like where, you know, it's really driven by the need for you to feel comfortable um, but potentially puts um, possible strain on the family, you know what I mean? Like guaranteed you had, like you said, housing, schooling to the brums, um, job security, a blanket, all those things. And you took that in, which is like a very noble idea. Um, but how do you do that now? I mean, I make calls for sure that are best of things that I necessarily don't think are the absolute best thing for me, but I know that they
0: are for the family. Yeah, I, I totally get that question. and um, I mean, I can answer it really clearly in terms of me, but I'm also interested in, in what you think because you said, I think I know what you're going to say. So like my thinking is, are are going to you as in, as in like, you know, challenging you and saying, well, what is it that's important to you? And you can say hands down, the most important things to you are your relationships with you know, your reference points are different. So you have a relationship with your partner, you have a relationship with your children. Um, so these are absolutely key to our identity, but this is this is where I go with my thinking. It's like, where? What about the relationship with me? Because you know, I could have stayed at Green School, and I did phenomenal work with the local teachers, and they all trust me. And they say to me after they find out, they're like, "How can you leave us?" Like, just think of the weight of that question, man. I'm like, I'm not actually leaving you though. Like, I get what you. I get why you're asking that question because you need someone to be dependent on. But the real question for you is, well. If you if you are seeing something, if something is not right within you and your reality in your environment, then you also have the opportunity to question that. You also have the opportunity to do something about it. But our mindset tells us we're, we're so used to people doing things for us to make things better. And we're so used to a management position or a leader or a boss to tell us or to change our environment for us. But in the meantime, we just kind of sit and wait. But our reality tells us that we know what we need to do. We know how we can shift it. It's whether or not, one, we perceive that we have the position to do that. Or two, whether we have the courage to actually push ourselves to go to that space. So for me, it's very clear, but I'm interested in, like for you, what is that... You know, you don't have to answer it, but I think it's worthy of thinking of. Because if you can separate, if you can get to a point where you can actually separate, and this might sound strange, but it'll be clear, if you can separate your personal identity and how you relate to yourself, because you also talked about this at the beginning, about whether or not, you know, you actually have two selves, and you also have that, you know, neuroscience tells us, you have the prefrontal cortex, which is, has a certain perception on things. And you have the amygdala, which has an, a polar opposite perception on things. So there's this duality of how you actually identify with yourself and how comfortable you are with yourself. And then also how you identify within the realm of your, your, your relationship or as a father, um, as a partner, as a, as a co-worker, as a group of friends so it's really again unpacking the layers it's the same principle as what we're talking about opening up conversations and people being withheld or not you have to unlock the layers man you have to go deep and people don't want to go deep and as soon as we go philosophical everyone's like oh it's too much and you know what it is but unless you go deep and question yourself and what's truly i mean you say noble But this is also like me tossing and turning at night going, you know what, something is not right. Like, it's just I can't be in that existence anymore. I can't live that reality because I know how toxic it is and I know the impact it has on other people. But if I have an opportunity, and yes, I can say I'm fortunate and lucky or whatever words you want to put to it, but I can also say that I've done a hell of a lot of hard work to get to this position at this point in time. And I can also say that I have no idea how uh, universal... Pathways come together where people actually actually meet and all of a sudden we're talking about building a school Sorry, we're not talking about it. We're actually doing it. I don't know how that universe works. I don't know if it's AI I don't know if it's reality. I don't know if it's spirituality or karma Or an afterlife or a pre-life or whatever you want to call it But all I know is what's happening like right now today And in this conversation, it's like very clear if I have an opportunity To do something different based upon my experience in life and my reality and to bring something better, not just for me, because again, this is coming down to how do you make that decision based upon you and your family and security. I get it, man. I totally get it. But I make this decision with absolute clarity because I know why I'm doing it. And yes, I'm sacrificing time being away from the kids. Yes, I'm sacrificing time away from Mel and our relationship. And things are a super big challenge. And we're going to places in conversations we've never been before. Because you know what? Coronavirus is here. You can't hide. You're home. So deal with it. Like You have to deal with it, man. And then I get to this place of absolute clarity because I know why I'm doing it. Yes, I'm sacrificing time away from the kids now. But I know... And I have a very firm belief that their reality, because this is where it comes from, the future generation, right? If in the present generation, we can flip it, if we can come out of coronavirus or whatever change, doesn't matter, it's still change, whatever change of reality that's put in front of us, if we can shift, if we can adapt, if we can pivot, if we can be dynamic, then my kids are going to benefit from this. Because you know what? They're going to come to the school. And I know education is messed up. And I know I have a position to do something about it now. So I know why I'm doing it despite not being present. I know why I go into this space of uncertainty of financial things despite having the security that I could have. So that's, I know that's a lot, but that's thats to answer your question directly.
1: That was a good answer. I think that was a good answer. Yeah, I think uh, they say the envelope and crisis go waste And um, definitely capitalizing friends taking the of it. see this has
0: turned into me talking too much now I want to know about you
1: <laughs> well you say when you want to do my podcast <laughs> I'm just
0: craving a bit of mic attention mate but I think it's a super it's like again I come down to these first principle things and this is like a philosophical thing of when you actually unpack the layers and this is also you mentioned Elon Musk you can look it up Elon Musk first principles I believe it was Aristotle the philosopher who had this concept and this is also the basis of a lot of decisions that elon musk makes the first principles different realities different situations different manifestations but when you really bring it down to the core it's actually the same first principle in different
1: ways yeah man look i think i think it's all a matter of perspective, sure. and if it's if you if it's a, uh, a world that you literally cannot live within point you would Toss awesome them, and sleep, knowing the toxic nature of what was happening at the at the other school. Like that's something that you're never going to be able to put up with and survive in. Like we spend so much time at work, we spend like ninety percent of our lives either at work or sort of surrounded by work. So if it's not somewhere that you can you know, thrive in, not just survive in, I think um maybe some changes for sure.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it's just, again, it's different realities. There is no better or worse. There's no comparison. It is, you know what, if you're happy doing what you're doing, and if you are just doing it and you know why you're doing it, then that's cool. Like, it doesn't matter. And I I don't bring this example as like, oh, you know, look at me, how amazing opportunities I've created. I'm just like, no, this this is my reality. I'm not shying away from my reality. And just as much as any individual shouldn't shy away from their reality and go like, you know what, I know why I'm doing it. I want the house. I want to have security. I want to have safety. And that's totally cool. It's not like, it's not, this is not a game. This is not a, a, a you know, who's, who's on the winning board and who has the most points. It's like, if you're truly happy doing what you're doing and you're just cool hanging out, like, dude, that's, that's simplicity in that.
1: Yeah, alright. I, I mean, sometimes sometimes I think that it's been fun. It's, it's like sometimes I just I do crave a little bit of simplicity, and I think about like um not having to be sending emails at 10 p.m. at night or the you know the, the errors of waking up thinking that you, didn't, you forgot to do something or whatever. I sometimes I think that would be amazing just to be able to go, what has been? Come sometimes I'm not think about it. Mm. But then the other side of that. I think that would, for me
0: as as a person, I don't think be able to live on that. I'd need a little bit more to to sort of get me on. Yeah, totally. I mean, again, different mindsets, and you're that kind of person. I can kind of hear in your voice and that, and picking up on you how kind of much you are appreciating this time of just kind of introspection and just kind of detaching a little bit, which is kind of cool. But, um, I'm also interested Haydo mentioned something the other day about like you guys getting together and just talking about oh, some different possibilities and as soon as he said that like my whole being was just kind of like oh what is it what do you think it is like I don't, even like that question of of kind of adapting or, or you know getting together with him and just asking a question like I don't know what it is I just feel like something's something we can kind of explore something so like where are you up to on that process
1: um nowhere. And I think, to be honest, I think that it's just a. a, we live in a world now that's a little bit more kind of you can do it yourself, a little bit more DIY for for us as a generation. I think our parents and parents' parents lived in the industrial revolution where it was kind of like, you get a job, you hold a job, you retire from a job kind of thing. We live in a world that's way more kind of fluctuating in career, you might be something, something else and you might totally abandon it altogether, you might get a degree something and never use it, but like, I think that that, and that's why that's am more accepted now, and then I think what that does is create this opportunity for us to be able to do things. You look at all these big sort of companies and businesses, whether they're startups or media businesses or like, Facebooks and whatever, they have all come from, not from sort of hand-me-down companies that their parents have started or that were part of you know factory lines back in the day they're all just as it were coding in their basements and i reckon that's just built this entrepreneurial spirit that people can actually do things and survive and actually could make something that that is a bit of a game changer for them and i reckon that uh that makes you challenge do i need to work for someone all the time like do i have to work for this person or can i do what they're doing and stuff in my own business And so I, I, I like that or you can do it on the side I mean we we'll do this stuff on the side a lot of people cool, a little side hustle little businesses you've done it with a whole bunch of new businesses I've tried to do it and, and failed a couple of times like I don't know it's cool it's kind of cool that we live in a world where you can have crack
0: totally and like I'm so keen on having a crack man that's why when Haydo kind of asked this like brought this up in a conversation after his very reserved podcast might I, might I, might I add? Um, it was a question where I was like,. <laughs> it was a question where I was like, yeah, man, like you guys getting together and doing that was like possibilities. And that's often the problem, right? Possibilities, It's like, oh, there's just too many possibilities. But I think you know when, you're, when I ask where are you up in that process and you say really nowhere, I'm like, dude, you've already started because you've already asked a question. And you've already had these experiences about starting up something and, like, not accepting the status quo not accepting, you know, you've done your own stuff and you do your own stuff and you have that kind of um, brain and mindset to, you yeah, know, just come up with things, you know. So I, I get super excited about that.
1: I think all the boys do, man. I, don't, oh, I, yes. I mean, I think that yes. we have a, group, a, a little group of mates who have all got incredible value to add, which I think is the part of it that... Um, kind of makes you want to do something as a, as a team. Um, mates have been mates for so long and still continue to be as tired as we are. And then everyone's got very different careers and very, has very different skill sets. Like, I think, um, I think that's the beauty in it, right? to be honest. I think there is a huge opportunity for all the boys to potentially collaborate on things and do different things because everyone's got their own little skull tops which is pretty amazing. Actually, I'm actually surprised that nothing has happened in the past that on coming together to do things, apart from um, drunken um, bike rides and those kind of things. Yeah. Very collaborative experiences. Yeah, I think Take you've... partnerships. You've and totally... build huge businesses.
0: Say that last bit again.
1: i said bike rides that have been very collaborative partnerships between us. A lot of good friends, and built really successful businesses. I think
0: out there. Yeah, yeah. I think you've just hit the nail on the My head. Memories, are lit. totally. Oh, I mean, the memories, man. And that's the that's the basis of what good. You know, if you bring it in a good business sense, or a school, or whatever, whatever organization, it's built on good relationships, and you can't buy that, and you can't. There's no set criteria to build that. It it only takes time. It takes time and getting together with people to have a good foundational relationship um and then when you go to the all the diversity of all our group of friends i I asked this question to your brother earlier today i I was like i kind of feel like it's this this kind of trajectory of people just understanding like all the boys understanding each other at least on a work life sense a little bit better because i feel like i did not even really know what you do I kind of have a, an idea and assumptions and I don't really know what your brother does and I kind of can paint this picture based upon my outward perspective and I kind of know what, you know, Finny does and I kind of know what Hado does and I kind of know what Kashi does and Mitch, and but I don't really know. But until you really... I've l- got no idea. And, well, there you, well, there you go. Until you really <laughs> tap into it. I know what they work in
1: the industries that everyone works with. The, I have no idea what they are the doing.
0: Totally. So then, our brains go, "Okay, we can categorize it. We can have a, we can paint the reality for them. We don't need to go any further." But when you take it from an appreciative point of view and saying, "Like, yeah, you know what? Like, you and Hato getting together, and they maybe doing something here with that person, that person through our diverse, diverse group of mates." And it's not to say you're going to go out and change the world, man. It's like, yeah, we all need stability and security. But if it means you have a side project that you love, that it's something that you like, you know, diversity and. Alone is sufficient. Together is abundance. When you go down that path of of creating stuff with your mates, it's like, man, that's next level good.
1: Yeah, I reckon it's insane, and, and that's what I'm saying about the fact that we live in a very kind of optionistic world at the moment, not right now, but um, just in terms of generation, sort of generational perspective, like we fully live in a world where you can do stuff. Like, the boys are always coming up with amazing ideas. I, it's just it's sort of just about making it happen. Everyone's it's, got everyone's got something rad that I think that they want to do. Um however, sometimes and maybe this is kinda of coming back to the idea that this whole process moment of reflection is a good time to it this go, Well maybe I'll try and then this is probably one hundred percent what I on when I have a combo, but like this is the perfect time to question whether or not it's a good time to tell you. Like, like need things like this to kiss out you and just give you a little push in the back and go yeah you can
0: have, you can have a go which is why i totally get your point of if you come out of this period of time unchanged then you've really like you've really closed your eyes because yeah this is this is like kind of do... i mean it's because it, we, then we go into this place of like oh this is kind of reality because we've been in lockdown for a month or two and and then we get used to it and all of a sudden it changes again and we kick back to old, old mentalities. But you're, you're so right. Man. Like, I, mean
1: that, I mean that in the most, uh, in the most basic form as well. If you come out of this thing with a better backhand snap, then you are winning hundred <laughs> percent.
0: Because you've been mind surfing so much or you, you're able to go surfing more, right?
1: <laughs> Actually surfing. Yeah. Man. So yeah. many people surf. surfing. So yeah. good. Yeah. Cool. Surfing every day. I think we every morning. Epic. Like that's, that's, oh, that's so good. Like so it. that's,
0: I reckon that's cool. Yeah, I reckon that's good to finish off, mate. If you if you come out of this with a better backhand snap, then you've nailed it.
1: <laughs> I think you've
0: actually you've taken the crown. It's a podium finish, in my opinion.
1: That's it, mate. Hour hour and four. This is a record, but I think yeah, it's been a, an epic, an emotionally charged. Philosophically layered hour and four minutes. But um, if you've made it this far and still listening, fucking credit to you.
0: <laughs> yeah. If you've made it this far, get out there, paddle out, work on your back end snap, and give us a review.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Five <in> thousand comments. <laughs>
0: like us on uh Like us on Weibo chat, Russia Federation, um, Communist Party 101. <laughs> We're all over the <laughs> We're all we are all over the Bosco um, conspiracy theory feeds. Oh
1: yeah. Are you yeah, home? I the whole
0: boat are you home yet? Or are you still out in the park, mate? Paint us a picture.
1: I'm still strolling, man, I'm in the back streets of Collingwood. Um beautiful little townhouses, industrial area. Good spot.
0: Cool. Alright, mate, well I'm sweating it up. It's so hot here. I'm gonna go jump in the pool
1: mate yeah take the shirt off already is chuck on a sarong and get in the air the old the, the nut <laughs>
0: just let it hang pretty low <laughs> love you mate love yeah, this uh-huh. chat good so chat. good to hear from you say Appreciate hey to it. mashie and winnie
1: vice versa to the family
0: will do mate
1: congratulations on new school i'm excited to hear more about it man go See, at man. it
0: keep your head first right up all yeah. right
1: there,
0: See you, mate. See you, mate.